Hello and welcome to the Experience Lounge podcast. I'm Sasha. I'm Laura. And we're here to talk all things employee experience, experience design, future of work and digital HR. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the Experience Lounge podcast. We are here with a very exciting episode. This is a bonus episode, so you know, don't expect the normal very highbrow EX content <laughs> that we produce. This is a special for two reasons. First of all, it's International Women's Day. It's Women's Day every day, but today is International Women's Day as recognized. Indeed. And the second is what, Laura? It is our first birthday. Woo-hoo. Yeah, so we've been running running the podcast for a year, which is super exciting. It's also oh, my yeah. husband's birthday today, which um, isn't why we've got the banners up, because if you can see really closely on mine, it says one, so their first birthday balloon banners and he he is not one um thank you for clarifying but it, always, <laughs> it always makes me laugh as well that his birthday is international women's day it's like it's like my mother-in-law knew that we needed absolutely we mm. needed him so yes um it's exciting though I'm so excited I know I, yay I'm I can't proud of we've this. got to a year it's so exciting I and I think we've got a lot to celebrate hence the birthday banners but before we yes. get into one the celebrations and two the important topic of International Women's Day Laura how have you been give us the updates I feel like it's been a while I am good um I Life updates in terms of house. I think we, I've talked a lot about that on the podcast. Still waiting for the solicitors to do their thing. Although we're hoping it's going to be end of March, early April. And um, frankly, I, I think that can't come soon enough. I need my own space. I mm. have set up, haven't posted anything yet. So you can't find me there if I, if I share it. But I have set up a home Instagram, which when I know the date is ready to go with all my home styling inspo yeah. interior design newbie stuff so yeah I'm just waiting now I'm hoping it's a few more weeks um because it'll just be nice to have our own space basically I bet and okay two questions one is it going to be a big reno like are you replacing the kitchen or anything like that and second of all what kind of vibe are you going for like neutral modern farmhouse mm. vibe so um I would say medium renovations because actually mm. it's a sort of house where you could move in and it will be fine. But for our tastes, um, we want to knock through the kitchen, dining room, utility area. And we've got an orangerie <laughs> at the moment, which is, I think, just posh, posh way to say a conservatory. But anyway, a conservatory. Um, yeah, and uh, knock all that through and um, make it into an open plan kitchen. So that's the biggest reno. And then a couple of bathrooms uh, will definitely need the whole suite's ripping Mm. out because nobody likes a 1980s pink bathroom which Mm. (laughs) one of one of them is is this i think they're kind of in on trend at the moment like coming back yeah they are yeah so interestingly um we've been doing a lot of pinterest obviously and Mm. my husband was showing me some pictures exactly that where they had like pink sinks like think 80s 70s 80s sinks but like with nice kind of rose gold or sort of brass taps and it, I could see it's a vibe but yeah we'll, we'll see um and then answer to your question around decor I like it modern but I also do like I like a feature wall or a um 
like dark contrast wall. So I think I'd mm. want to do like say a living room with, you know, a a nice kind of dark green or dark Ooh, blue as one wall mm. and then have the the neutral colours. Luckily in some rooms there's a lot of neutral, which I think is good, like greys and white, but then some really, really disgusting kitchen and hallway design choices so we're talking lime green tiles that have been painted in a black and white kitchen um and the other big thing is I think if you I think if if you sort of muted all the walls this would look fine but they're harlequin floors so where like it's um you know they're black and white diamonds which is quite bold right Mm. so if you were going to do that I think you'd make the walls neutral no lime green um (laughs) And then this wallpaper that's like got velvet stuff on it. So I'm I'm not I'm not describing it that well because it is it is it's gonna have to go pretty quickly. So there's some oh there's some big, big sort of decor stuff that needs to be done quite quick. But when you say Renault, it's not a doer upper, like it, mm-hmm. it is something that um yeah, that doesn't need heaps of work and is uh, for those that are maybe more familiar with the Northwest, it's a Cheshire red brick. So that's a style of, you know of how it would how it would look so I'm excited um but I've never done any kind of home stuff before so that's going to be mm. interesting I can't wait I can't wait for the Instagram content and the updates we'll drop the Instagram obviously when Laura announces obviously. that I feel like you've made you've made a big deal out of it now we're all going to be like she's going to drop the Instagram handle and then we all have to rush and follow you um but no this is yeah. so grown up this is so grown up of you you know that it is I've rented for you know I've rented for the best part of 15 years so I'm ready mm. I'm ready ready how about you um, anyway enough about my my house Renault. not people don't come to the podcast for that content so how about you but still um bonus episode we're just running with it um yeah all good so I know over the last few weeks I've been harping on and probably because we've pre-recorded episodes we'll continue to harp on about prepping for this inf- face-to-face uh workshop that unfortunately oh, yeah. had to go virtual because you oh. know Lady Rona is still around oh, no. and you know, people are still super anxious about it. And actually, do you know what? Here in Singapore, case volumes are pretty high, high. Mm. Um, which is just not ideal. So yeah, we had to switch to a virtual workshop, which lasted four hours this week, which is a oh, long time for a is. virtual workshop. So I was totally spent, honestly. And yeah, but it was fantastic. And we got to some really exciting EX initiatives for the year. So we kind of went through this process of, you know, hopefully this is interesting for people. So kind of how we ran the workshop was a bit of ideation about EX as a concept and like, what does it mean to us as a company? Then we spent a bit of time um, looking at personas. So really basic persona profiling, but obviously Mm. that takes a little bit more work. And then we jumped into a bit around the experience journey. So like from start to finish, what are those key process interactions, technology, people? And then we got into an activity that I love to do, which I actually picked up from, I did my human uh, centered design thinking course with the Luma Institute. Did you do it with them as well? You were considering it or you did it? Yeah. So they have an amazing website called Luma Workplace that I still have my membership with. And there's a concept on there, and I think it's quite popular anyway, and just generally design thinking workshops called Rose Thornbud. 
Yeah, yeah, loved it. So we did that. And that really teed us up nicely to do the then how might we statements. And then we got into yeah. the prioritization matrix, which is kind of where we landed with, like, what are we going to prioritize this year? So hopefully that's useful insight for anyone on the podcast looking to run a virtual yes. workshop. Um, so yeah, yeah that's, that's that mostly good. been it. And my husband got back from Australia. He's nice. traveled for the first time. That's amazing for him. So I how feel some, somewhat normal. It was good. I think he had a great time. It's totally normal there. A bit like I imagine London's like people are in pubs, yeah. you know, breathing all over each other. Liberating. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's like what Corona here, to be honest with you. Yeah. Which has, has its advantages and disadvantages, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But it does, it does feel, yeah, here very much like we're back to normal, normal life yeah. as it were. So. Yeah, I'm jealous. But yeah. Anyway, so that's my update. Let's jump into International Women's Day. Yes. So the theme this year um, is break the bias. Um, and for those that are watching on video, you might see on LinkedIn a lot of people doing doing this. That's the that's the symbol for mm. this year um, for break the bias. But I also saw because I was sort of doing a bit of um, a bit of googling and. I guess it's linked to break the bias, but the um, the theme for International Women's Day on the UN website was a was a, a take on that because it was gender equality today for a sustainable tomorrow, mm. um, and and the sort of I think overall thinking for break the bias is we want to get to a world free of bias of stereotypes of discrimination yeah. and a world that feels diverse, equitable, and and inclusive mm. and together we can kind of forge that for for women's equality so it's a great movement it's something I think every year that we um we really get behind and we did want to talk I think we said it would be a bit more of a an informal episode this time but we did want to talk a little bit about um when we think about gender diversity and equity and inclusion what does mm. that mean from an EX practitioner perspective and how can EX practitioners lean in and what might organizations you know, need to need to think about. So what mm-hmm. I guess maybe to start session, what have you seen um has sort of worked or, or kind of been important from an EX perspective when we think of um gender diversity, equity and inclusion? Mm. Mm. So I think I have a lot of thoughts on this, right? I'll start with one that I think is kind of topical given the year and the situation mm. we've already spoken about, Lady Rona. I, I think this year more than ever you know, we're, we're living the fallout of COVID um, in terms of people leaving the workforce, people yeah. feeling the strain of managing childcare responsibilities, you know, lifestyle changes, location changes, financial struggles. And I think that as with all of the research, which again, we'll always share in the, in the description, it, it, it directly impacts women and disproportionately so. Yes. And so I think from an EX perspective, it's for us to kind of step into the fold to say, okay, how do we maybe relook at some of the key processes and journeys within our organization to ensure that we're doing what we can to retain our women talent and to make sure that, you know, people feel like joining us and that it's a place in which women can thrive regardless of you know, their situation, or we can support them through their personal situation. So I think, you know, the EX function, EX design teams, we play a role directly in doing that. And I also think if, 
it's almost a call to action a bit right here. So when we were thinking about the episode, when we were prepping for the episode, I was kind of thinking, you know, maybe that's part of the strategy for EX teams this year is doing a campaign around reevaluating key processes to make sure that they are inclusive and you know maybe using international women's day as kind of the kickstart to say okay we're gonna pick our top processes and and revisit them because so much Mm. has changed as well with hybrid working right so as much as we might think yes you know our return to work process that we embedded three years ago works really well you know, have we revisited it from a hybrid working perspective? Have we refreshed our personas to see, you know, is there a difference with women in our organization? So I think that's the first thing I want to say, but I feel like I could ramble. So I'm going to pause there and throw it to you. What do you think? So the big one that's front of mind for me was linked to what you said about um, kind of relooking at your processes or journeys or, or, kind of key moments and doing that from a from a measurement lens so I think if you can evolve your um your sort of employee experience measurement so that you can specifically look at experiences that may have a tendency to drive inequality and have Mm. clear data around how you would measure that I think that's a really tangible way again that EX practitioners, HR professionals can lean in and actually take that data to the business and say, the data is telling us that the way in which our, whether it's, you know, female employees or it's um, employees that might be from um, different different ethnic backgrounds, whatever the sort of, um, uh, the the kind of minority group is, that you're you're able to share that data and show Mm. where is it in that experience that actually it is creating a disparity and then what is it as an organization that we might need to do about that so for me I think the all of the sort of previous conversations we've had around um EX measurement but I think that's really really crucial and Mm -hmm. and sort of using that with your business leaders the sort of question about you know why should we care about this because you can then see the real tangible impact that that has and it will lead then to other metrics around, you know, your talent development of women, your retention of women, all of that sort of stuff, I think, is um, is linked. Yeah. So that was one today, just actually some some of the conversations I've had um, in earlier calls that I've had today. That was something that we were actually talking about. So it feels um, it feels very relevant for this conversation, mm-hmm. I think. Front of mind. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. really good point. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it also and I think we mentioned this around um, the great resignation. It's kind of getting that sense of urgency going right and and you're absolutely right digging into the data and saying okay you know is are we seeing trends across our women population you know whatever it might look like um Mm. I think that's really really powerful um I I think as well and I've kind of already touched on this you know if I look across over the last few years kind of how I've seen women's support programs or, you know, training internally and, you know, looking even at how onboarding experiences are designed or, you know, whatever other process it is, the times have changed so much and what is and isn't deemed acceptable anymore has shifted. And so I also think this year with everything that's gone on and all of the recent events and even just looking at the language and the rhetoric online around International Women's Day, organizations have to 
look at what they do and refresh it to be relevant for now. You know, I saw a post today on LinkedIn um, around women's leadership programs. Are they still relevant? Is it okay for us to have that? And like, and you know, I'm in the camp of no, I think there's a benefit to having like a women's leadership community, but, but, you know, kind of separating a leadership program for women to me seems a bit archaic. Like Mm. that was very relevant 10 years ago, but I don't necessarily think that's the case now. Um, So it's, it's that kind of thing. Like, have we brought our experiences up to 2022? Like, are they relevant for, let's say, millennials or Gen Z joining the organization? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think there's also, I think there needs to be more emphasis when we think of how do we break the bias around what are the enablers. So if you look at a lot of the research externally, so you mentioned um, at the start of the conversation that women in the pandemic have been disproportionately impacted. And that is often because, not all women, but often because a lot of women may, you know, um, sort of bear the main childcare responsibilities or sort of, you know, running mm. the household type responsibilities alongside um, alongside working as well. And for me, organisations need to think about what are some of the enablers that then help to create that more inclusive and diverse environment and so that is something like we've talked a lot about in this season around your flexi hybrid working but again if you if you sort of look at your employee listening a lot of the data from um from a lot of employees is that it's often women that do want that flexibility but then we also Mm -hmm. need to be mindful of if we are going to have more women perhaps working from home that they're then not disadvantaged because they're not seen from a mm. if you're not on if you're not on the video I'm doing inverted yeah. commas but they're exactly. um they're not they're not sort of physically seen when you then think of um promotion opportunities so for me I, I do think it's organizations taking a step back and saying what are the things that enable women to thrive that create opportunities and 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 sort of from an EX lens using the data that you would get and, and that sort of human-centered design so bringing that female voice in to then say actually Mm -hmm. the policies and and sort of um processes that we're designing have that lens in mind and they and they Mm -hmm. and they really do enable that inclusivity and then the other big thing which I think is often the mistake when you're sort of saying about separating women for their leadership program or separating women for their mentoring actually we need men as allies and so I think there needs to be more of a discussion around Agreed. that allyship for, and, and how we can collectively support the participation and, and sort of lifting that participation of women, I think. 100% agree. 100% agree. And, uh, you know, this is quite a chatty episode, right? So, uh, you know, to share a personal reflection over the last year, uh, the last year for me has been incredibly hard because you know, I've shared this on the podcast before, you know, my partner and I've been trying for children, we've, we've faced some loss, we've faced struggle. And, you know, working, it's been overwhelming with everything that's going on, right, as well. But Mm. also working from home has allowed me or has afforded me the flexibility to go through fertility treatment and, still be able to do my job right so yeah. and and it's considerations like that and angles like that 
from, you know, supporting women in the workplace who are maybe transitioning into that family parenthood phase of their life, that season of their life, that hybrid working has has allowed me to do that without Mm. having to take loads of time out of work. And I am probably one of many women that have benefited from that. And of course, there are some costs there as well. You know, you feel a bit isolated and everything, but it's that kind of consideration of like, how how has the last year, two years, the move towards hybrid working, working from home, you know, looking and refreshing our processes with that diverse angle, you know, it does benefit some people. And for those big key moments it's really it's really beneficial so I think Mm. it leads me on to another point I wanted to raise which was as EX practitioners and EX designers it's our responsibility or it's our opportunity even to challenge the bias right so within that theme during the design process right so you know, we have to make sure, and we've spoken about this on the podcast before, we're representing diverse personas, we're bringing different perspectives into the design process. Yeah, exactly. And and lead kind of connecting that to my previous remark, I wonder how many employees have been represented in the room when future of work and hybrid working strategies have been devised? You know, have we taken into account all of the different perspectives or at least a range of different perspectives when we've been deciding that or has it always been about we need people back in the office because it's part of our culture you know so I think that's on us as well as an EX team to drive that conversation it's healthy and to kind of bring in real examples of of what it's like to work for a company you know yeah and I think a build on some of our episodes from last year where we talked about the importance of organizations thinking about the policies or the leave types. And I, and I go back to that as being my point around how you enable. And that is, again, building on what you've said around bringing the the voice and different perspectives. So, you know, we talked before about, um, about miscarriage leave. We've talked about... Um, about like I've seen organizations now looking at menopause and and sort of are, are we offering different types of policies and, and leave around that yeah. I even saw um I think very recently on on LinkedIn there was I can't remember which organization it was but they were going to offer one paid leave day a month that was basically your sort of menstruation leave so mm. if you have which I think you know not to sort of overshare on the podcast but lots of women have sort of woken up and, and gone you know my, my my cramps are really yeah. painful and actually it's Absolutely. really difficult to be able to to think straight I just want to lie in bed and yeah. um, and sort of rest and take care of myself and and I think the more forward organizations that are thinking about actually there isn't a, a one size fits all in terms of employee needs. And I think that's mm-hmm. at the essence of employee experience, right? Is it's about trying to understand those different employee voices, those different employee needs and bringing that in through, you know, whether it's your um, your sort of persona building, your journey mm-hmm. mapping, that you've got that kind of insight in and you're then creating experiences and policies that yeah. support and empower women to then have an equal playing field because actually some of the circumstances or things that they go through in their life are different to men just Mm. just fact like you know biologically you know 100% totally different like and again touching on this point before and props to all the women listening to this podcast that go through this like last year has been completely eye-opening for me 
women have to bear the brunt of fertility treatments that there it, yeah. it can't like <laughs> you know my husband can't do that for me and so you know yeah. I, I almost feel bad for him in a way because you know there is no choice I have to do this you know I have to be the one that you know injects between calls or you know goes factors my appointments into my diary because I have to be there and you know all of those things so you know women do (laughs) bear the brunt of a lot of those things that just frankly you know aren't shared it is very unique to women yeah and I think I saw something I think I even sent it to you this morning but um it's then also women bearing the brunt of that that are then gonna be um raising with men but raising the next generation and and giving birth to the next generation of of um of people that will move into organizations and into the workforce so Mm -hmm. yeah I think there's um there's a real and I would say maybe in the last I don't know five or so years it feels like there maybe is more of a shift into acknowledging actually there are some real differences and things that women go through that are are different to men and I think the more forward-thinking organizations are starting to as we've said develop Mm. policies but for me it should be that these are standard in the same way that you get an annual leave entitlement some of these policies then become just how we do things around here because I think that's true empowerment and trying to to level set the playing field there was one thing I was thinking as we were we were sort of talking through I think from what we've described is a lot in the context of um perhaps those that maybe work more in a in a large or sort of medium-sized organization with that infrastructure around policy so what would Mm -hmm. your view be around how do we how do we drive that sort of gender equality where it might not sort of have the same kind of ecosystem if you like Mm -hmm. in in a sort of large organization or you might be um you know working in 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 a different sort of of industry that you know might mean you don't have access to the same same kind of opportunities I suppose Mm, yeah it's a really good question and actually I think I could be wrong but I think it's something like 90 plus percent of the working population work for small businesses right so businesses that won't have an ex function right Mm. and so I don't know it's it's a really complex question but the, the first thing that kind of springs to mind for me is flexibility and I think in the absence of being able to offer people amazing programs and you know, all the enhanced policy benefits in the world. I think flexibility and trust is just something that can really make a difference, especially to women, right? Especially to women that, you know, as we said, period leave, those kind of things. Like you don't necessarily need a period leave policy to support women in your organization, especially if you're a small organization. But a trusting culture and flexibility will actually cover a multitude of reasons why your you know minority or more diverse employees might need support Mm. and I think that's that's something that's kind of my go-to um and then of course the second being leaning on the resources that have been published and shared by those larger organizations, right? There are so many amazing, even like International Women's Day campaign. I know from a a pregnancy um, and fertility support perspective, Tommy's, they produce a bunch of free resources for organizations. Government organizations do the same thing. So I think, you know, leverage those resources as well. If you're a small organization, you don't have to start the thinking from kind of ground zero. Like it's it's there for you to take. Yeah, 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 definitely. No, I do. I I think there is... um there is lots out there that you can leverage like even like you say when I was sort of doing a bit of um 
of research for today's episode, there is content on the International Women's Day website. Yeah. There's lots that you would be able to kind of access and then think actually we can kind of shape this to um to to sort of help smaller organizations, I think. Perhaps those that like we say, we talk a lot about um us going out and doing our personas and and Mm -hmm. journey mapping and conscious that not everybody has that size of organization but actually I think what it comes down to is is still listening and I think that whatever the size of your organization or whatever industry you're in you can still get that employee voice heard and I think that's um that's the key thing And, and again sort of looking for where would be your your sponsors and your allies is is the key thing for me um because mm. I think I think until we until you have that it's going to be a real a real struggle really I think yeah agreed so what would be your one commitment um thinking about the break the bias campaign this year what would be my one commitment you know and obviously this is top of mind right um but something that has been a revelation for me over the last year this year, I want to do more with my clients to champion the impact of family life slash fertility, infertility, that journey, and the impact that that has on a relatively significant size of your employee population. So not just women, but also men. And I think if we can kind of break the stigma around yeah going through that in isolation and provide more support programs to employees, more flexibility, um, more financial support if we can, I think it will make all the difference. So that is 100% my commitment this year is I want to do more to bring that to the forefront of the EX conversation. What about you? So mine is, and I sort of reflected on this because I see this in my role as as a people leader, as a senior leader in in my organisation, and kind of then as a as an EX practitioner, so I'm kind of looking at it from from all of that lens. But for me, mm-hmm. what I want to try and do is try and bring that data to help shape the conversation, because I think I think that is something concrete that where you can bring some of that data to have discussions with business leaders, they can then see the real tangible benefit in terms of why we might need to do things differently. And that I think is where you can then look for your, you know, your ways in which you can, you can talk about how do we get better representation in, in senior roles. But I think showing leading with the data for me, particularly I think with, with business leaders is, is going to be, is, is sort of going to be mm. the key thing for me this year I think because I think that is the that is the the hook and then I guess maybe this is a second thing or linked is um is also showcasing stories because I think it's really powerful and we've t- like you sharing your story over the last year is powerful and we had you know didn't we we had loads of um mm. really really nice feedback on that and and sort of how brave you were but I think we need to showcase more stories in yeah. in organisations of what, what what it actually means um, for women going through different circumstances. And my commitment is to share my personal stories, which actually I think generally I'm quite good at. I think my team would say that I I am like mm-hmm. quite you know open with that sort of thing. But share it more broadly and not be not be afraid um, to share 
what that feels like and 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 yeah. and that impact so maybe I did two then but they're, they're that was um, two but they're, they're linked they're, they're linked yeah they're my they're my commitments um this year yeah oh those are nice ones those are good ones I think so yeah and everyone listening I can't think we're getting to the end of the episode let us know what yes. your commitment is as well especially if you're in the EX space like and if you don't have a commitment would definitely challenge you to think about how you can make a difference this year yeah. and you know it doesn't need to be super broad it doesn't need to be super narrow but just something you're committing to I think would be really really healthy um, and we'll come back next year for another International Women's Day and another year of the podcast which leads me on to a question for you Laura yes. highlight of the year of being a podcaster Ooh. do you know what sprang to mind straight away Go on. um and we do have to share this at some point is it's just it's been a lot of fun in terms of the outtakes and stuff so yeah. we did say at some point we will pull together um to pull together the outtakes so for me I would sum it up to say it's been really fun but actually the bigger point is I I feel like we've created a platform and we're only just getting started yeah. to amplify our voices but other voices around us that maybe don't always get heard and I think that was if I go back to what was the what was the the reason why we set up the podcast it was about two things I think it was more diversity of thinking in the EX yeah. and sort of HR space and um, particularly on on the podcasting platforms um, and then it was also to amplify voices that aren't always heard and I feel like we've done that it's been challenging on the way you know we both work demanding jobs full-time we don't have a big production team and I would say a massive massive kudos to you Sasha and thank you for because you do all the editing um and 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 it's no mean feat and so I did want to say a massive a massive thank you from me to you for that um but yeah I've really enjoyed it and actually I'm excited I feel like we've got into a good rhythm we're getting lots of people yeah. message us now and say actually I really like the podcast I like your style yeah. and and yeah so um I'm, I'm really proud actually and that's a really nice a nice way to feel um especially yeah. on a day like today I think how about you yeah I agree I'm so proud of us I think you're right if we look back at why we started this journey we wanted to bring more diverse perspectives to the EX space yeah. I we have some way to go and I think you know, for anyone listening out there, I think it's just generally an industry issue as well. Like we need to get more women, like it needs to be less male, pale and stale. Sorry, I'm going to say it. (laughs) So, you know, that's what we came to do. That's what we're going to continue driving. So, you know, I'm really proud of us, but what else have I enjoyed? Yeah. Love the outtakes. I've loved the guests we've had on, right? So we've built some really good relationships with all of the amazing guests that we've had on. We've met some incredible people from all over the world and that's what I've loved the most is just building those connections and getting to know people as well. I think it's super, super exciting. And we've got so many amazing guests lined up as well for over the next few episodes. Um, One's, you know, we're going to be exploring the metaverse, more on EX measurement. We've just got so much exciting content coming. So yeah, so proud of us. Yay for us. I know. And also I read this online, um, actually on Instagram the other day, it was somebody else that had set a podcast and theirs is much bigger than ours in the sense of they've got millions of listeners and I'm sure they're making tons of money from it. We haven't got those yet. But one of the things that they said, which resonated with me, is we wanted to do something, we saw an opportunity and we went for it. And I think Mm. that is, that is, that would be my, my advice or sort of mantra to anybody, just go for it. Because we did. And, um, and we're here a year later and um 
yeah like we said have loads more planned so I'm excited yay I love it so happy international women's day to all women's of you day. happy yes. birthday to us I've prepared a song no I'm joking I haven't I did think about <laughs> singing happy birthday but I wasn't going to do that and I was going to prank you actually by lighting a candle putting it in a cake and then holding it up and asking you if you want to blow it out to see if you would actually do it because I probably would that would have been yeah Just, I know you yeah. would have yeah it would have been hilarious um <laughs> but no uh don't have a birthday cake but feel free to send us cake that's absolutely fine if you're an avid listener mm. uh, but anyway happy international women's day have a great week have a great year and thanks so much for being amazing listeners we wouldn't be here without you so love you guys see you next time Bye. Bye.